All right, so we are live now, and today we're here with uh, with Ezra, which is another pollinator, but that also has been helping Dowstack in the community management in the Telegram chat, uh, and also has helped in events in in Washington. So uh, we can say that he's a super pollinator or something like that. Uh, Ezra, thank you for for coming and joining us on on this chat. And as usual, I've been giving some context in the beginning, uh, just so you know people are familiar with the idea of Dowcast and what these conversations are about. And there's really not much to it other than curiosity from my end and from Stratis' end, and I guess from listeners' end as well about what this word of Dows is and actually what Dows really are, because so far they've been this concept few experimentations here and there, but in the end, they're really being built at this moment as we speak by teams as DowStack, by teams as Aragon, Colony, all these other projects. And here at DowStack, we want to have a collective understanding of this um, phenomenon. I think we can call it like that. And to get that collective understanding, we are reaching out to people and yeah, just asking them what are their thoughts on, on all this. Uh, but before we go uh, into the deep talk, <laughs> it would be nice to hear from you uh, where you're coming from in terms of your background and how you got involved uh, with the crypto world and, and how you got interested in DAOs and, yeah, how you ended up here. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so first, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. I'm happy to be here. Um, my background actually starts in music, so I'm uh, my training is as a musician, and uh, I was working you know, doing all sorts of different things. I play trumpet, so I was playing a lot of trumpet. I'd play in pit orchestras for theaters and bar shows and weddings and churches and all things like that. Uh, and then I would also teach a lot, um, teaching music. And then uh, along with a few friends, we started this thing called Group Muse which um, was a music project also about helping people to plan house concerts. So it's sort of a sharing economy app. Um, th doesn't work exactly like Uber or, or Airbnb or anything like that, but um, that, that's a good place to start in terms of understanding it. It just connects people who want to host these things with musicians and people that want to go in their neighborhood. Um, and then helps people host concerts in their living rooms, basically. So, and, and that was five years ago. So we, we're now all over the US and, and a few other countries, um, but still a long way to go with that. Um, but I'm very proud of what we've done so far. But, uh, but doing that is what has led me here basically, because that is how I started learning about anything that was at, at all in the tech world or, or startups or anything like that. Um, not that I'm exactly in that world now, but I'm much closer to it now than I was before. Um, and it's also gotten me interested in governance uh, because we started a company. So we had to have a way of governing ourselves. Uh, and then we had other people that come in and help and, and how was that gonna work? And then we had this whole community of thousands of people to manage and how is that supposed to happen? Um, so it just confronted us and, and we had to come up with a system for it. And then I, I became interested in that kind of systems design uh, and, and through that interest is how I found Dowstack and, and other projects that were doing this kind of thing. Uh, a lot of which have been around for a really long time, 
but uh, the, the ideas behind them, I think have been really reinvigorated by blockchain um, for some really good reasons. But uh, it's just, it's great that, uh, that what has happened the past few years in crypto has been able to catalyze people doing so much more work uh, on these ideas that have been around for a long time. Yeah, what you said is very true, that um, these ideas, they have been around for a long time. Uh, and, and I had the chance actually to, to talk to the, the people who made Lumio, which is a, an app for decentralized coordination for asynchronous decision making. And one of the things that one of them said is that, well, now with blockchain, all of a sudden, everybody pays attention when you say, you know, decentralized coordination of people. Uh, but in the end, like there, there's groups of people who have been doing this for a long time. But it, it's it's great to have this momentum around these ideas of decentralized coordination and self-organization in a way. So, so yeah, that, that that resonates a lot to me. And and how how deep are you into the whole blockchain? Like, did you go into the technical details? How how have you been approaching it? Yeah, um, it's it's been part of my journey to to learn more about that world over the past few years anyway, because I knew nothing about tech. Um, but because I started a company that was basically a tech product, even though it was about music, I've been learning more gradually. So the past few years, I have been learning some programming and, and doing more of that stuff. So I have read a lot of white papers and tried to like, you know, I've tried to read the Bitcoin paper and, and like, the hollow chain paper and uh, definitely DAOSTAC paper, but the DAOSTAC one is much easier to understand uh, if you're used to looking at the ones with all the math on them. Um, but so I, I'm not an expert in any of that stuff at all, but I think I have learned more about it than a lot of, a lot of people that come in from purely this sort of world of, of co-ops and talking about collaboration and it's a very like holistic world, permaculture, things like that. Um, and I f found that most of those people, I think, are, are basically not familiar at all with the, the actual technical, you know, like the math that you see in some of these white papers and then actually the code. Um, so I'm definitely not an expert, but maybe I have studied that a bit more than, than some people. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think in the end, we all still learning about this, right? Because I mean, literally every week you can spend hours just catching up on everything that's been done in the field. So I, I don't think there's 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 anybody who is a an expert in the sense that you know they know everything. It's it's really a matter of going and and keep on learning. And on this on these explorations you've been doing, how do you how do you define the idea of a DAO? Uh, wh what does that mean for you when you think about yeah? organizations run on the blockchain or you know smart organizations how how does that all come together with your investigations in this world of crypto yeah that's a good question um so i think the the idea of a dao is is extremely simple uh i mean it's it the name basically is the definition right? decentralized autonomous organization i think some people sometimes use a different a in there but the idea is the same. It's it's a group of people that don't have uh, a pyramid type leader structure where there's one boss that tells, you know, their two two uh, managers what they should do, and then those managers have people that they tell what to do. Um, 
that it wouldn't work that way. It would work uh, without that kind of hierarchy. Um, a more detailed definition than that is, uh, I don't think exists really. Um, I think that you have these examples like DAOSTEC, um, or more specifically, the, the holographic consensus protocol that we're starting with here, um, which is a, a specific example of, of a structure trying to trying to be a DAO. But there are just in, infinite numbers of ways you could try to do that. Um, and what's exciting is that with blockchain, and also, I mean, more importantly, widespread, relatively high-speed internet access, um, there's actually technology now to, to try out all these different permutations. Whereas before, the idea of trying to run a, a, an actually flat organization is, is so daunting that I think the efficiency of hierarchies just basically pushed them out. You know, The idea of co-ops or democratically run organizations has been around forever, right? But how many right. Fortune 500 companies or whatever work that way? I, I, I think zero. Uh, and that's probably not because nobody tried it, or you know, it's probably because it, it couldn't really compete in that way. Um, although you know, we do have a lot of governments that are democratic, so there's a lot to talk about there, I think. Uh, but but now I think with this technology, we have the opportunity to maybe make structures that can compete with these companies, but are are decentralized. You know, in the other talks we had in this this series. One of the things that popped up is is the potential, let's say, challenge for adoption of these structures of DAOs, right? You already uh, mentioned some of them. The fact that you know in the past we didn't have so much connectivity in the in in, in terms of high speed internet and and also all that the blockchain paradigm brings into into the table. But do you foresee any other? difficulties in adoption of DAOs as a model for, for people to organize and really to compete with uh, this more, let's call them traditional um, architectural designs for organizations? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest one is, is the same obstacle facing uh, blockchain as a whole, uh, which is that just the whole ecosystem is basically slow and not user friendly right now, right? It takes a, a decent amount of research to get involved in, in any kind of blockchain project, um, you know, to get any, any of these systems running on your computer to actually interact with them. Uh, none of it is particularly easy the way it's so easy to make a Twitter account or make a Facebook account and start doing things there. Um, the good news is that problem goes way beyond just organizations working on, on DAOs. The whole crypto world is, is working on that problem. And hopefully, we'll see some big improvements there. Um, but that definitely seems like the biggest problem. Other than that, uh, you know, I would have said funding is a really big problem. But because of the atmosphere um, of the past Especially the especially 2017, it seems like um, there actually is a lot of funding and enthusiasm for projects like this, which just wouldn't have been there at all 10 years ago or even five years ago. And I think that's because of the enthusiasm of, about blockchain in general. 
But um, because there has been funding for, for DAOSTEC and, and these other DAO-based organizations, um, you know, if we get our protocol running well and it has a big budget and people are able to easily sign up to participate, they will because there's a chance to, to there's, there's money involved. They could make a difference. They could make some money themselves by doing a proposal that gives them some work. Um, people, you know, it's cynical, but people will follow that funding for sure. If it's, uh, if we show that the protocol works well and uh, it's fairly easy to get involved. Um, I'd like to ask you, Ezra, uh, in terms of like integrating uh, a, a DAO-like structure for uh, for your project, Group News, is like uh, how do you imagine it would work? Yeah, so Group News is a tricky example because um, if you look at all the stakeholders in our project, there's some pretty clear dividing lines. So we have um, people like me who work on the team, who work on the platform, right? So we build the website and we we make big decisions about how it should work. Um, and then there's all the people that use the platform and those are hosts and musicians that are performing and people that are coming. And especially for musicians and hosts, they have a, some investment in the project through their time and their effort as well. So they really are real stakeholders. They're not just customers. They have a they, they have a lot into the project as well, um, but it's in a very different way than those of us that have been working on it full time for years. So, how do you create a DAO that includes both of those types of people? Is is kind of tricky, right? Um, so you can imagine how you could have a DAO that would have all of the community members in it, and you know maybe if you were a musician or a host, you would get reputation from hosting and playing or you know something like that and then they could make big decisions about the direction they wanted the platform to go in and you could also imagine a DAO for the core team although it's really small team so i don't really know if you would want a DAO for you know a team of five people right uh, it's probably easier to just make decisions in a more human way without a machine helping you um, but let's say our team was 100 people uh, you could still you could use a DAO for that too. It would be a, a more difficult transition because we already have a structure in place that we've been using for years to make decisions, and we'd have to have good reasons to change it because it's hard to change once you're used to something. Um, but this is something we've talked about a lot because what we would like to ideally become is some sort of cooperatively owned thing where where everybody that's on the team owns the project, but also somehow the musicians and hosts and participants have some kind of stake and influence in, in where the project goes in the future, not just because that's a nice idea, but because, you know, in 15 years, am I still going to be working on group music? I don't know. Uh, and I'm not going to live forever for sure. Um, so what, what's going to happen after we leave? It would be nice to give the guardianship of the project to the, to the community at large somehow. That feels like one of the best ways to make sure that the mission of the project continues in in the spirit that represents the community. Um, so I think it would be harder to make a DAO that would have both. It would be sort of like, a, I mean, this is similar to the challenge that DAOSTEC will have 
and I'm not sure how you guys are planning on handling it, but uh, but you you have a team, right? And they're all going to be in the Genesis DAO, but then there's going to be also people that that are not on the team that are in the Genesis DAO, uh, and I don't know. Eventually, there'll probably be lots of people that are not in there, so probably some system to make sure that team members or people that have invested more uh, in the project have more reputation, and maybe that's all you need. So like somebody who just joined has very little reputation and Stratis has a lot of reputation and that reflects everything well and that would totally work fine but um it's something that we'll have to see evolve over time it, it doesn't feel like the kind of system where you would just like put it in place tomorrow right okay we're going to put everybody in the DAO stack telegram into the genesis DAO with a very small amount of reputation compared to pollinators or something like that if you just did that it feels like anything could happen and it would be chaos, right? Um, we just have to take things a little bit slower than that, it seems like. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I'm really glad that you brought up the uh, the, the matter of, uh, uh, let's say, expanding the lifespan of a project beyond the founders uh you know time in a way it's a very interesting way to to make sure that you can have you know continuity of your project uh regardless of whether the founders are there or not and continuity of your project in terms of uh of culture as well because the culture is embedded in the community uh uh i guess it would be the case if 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 it was a dao actually yeah um so you've been inside alchemy right which is the the fund allocation management application uh for the genesis alpha uh do you like do you see it being used uh in in the foreseeable future let's say by organizations such as yours for example so what I what I don't see happening right away would be, okay, so Alchemy has a full release. Now we're gonna move our entire company's budgeting to Alchemy <laughs> um, because we have a perfectly fine way of doing our budgeting ourselves. We're a small team. I just, there's not much of a reason for us to do that. I can't speak for larger companies. Their situations are probably quite different than ours. Um, but what I could imagine doing and would be really cool would be to invite everybody in the community to the sort of uh like like we would as the core team we would say we're going to allocate ten thousand dollars or whatever um to a dao that's like group muses community dao and then put all the community members in there and then they can just do whatever they want with that budget just leave it up to the community completely um as a reward for being in the community you know, like the more you participate, the more you invest in the project, the more influence you can have over what happens to that budget. Um, and that might be a way of, of integrating it sooner. That might be a really rewarding way to, uh, to get the community involved in the running of the project without having to give the entire project right away over to the community. Mm -hmm. I see, I see. Uh, with, with your current system, uh, the the hosts do, do they get compensated for hosting a musical event 
the hosts don't. Um, they're they're just giving their space and then inviting their friends, basically. But the musicians do. That's the main one. Uh, is that the musicians need to get paid every time because they're professional musicians and everything like that. Um, so that's our main concern with that. Whereas the hosts are they're like hosting a party, like you would host a party. So generally, I don't think they expect to be compensated for that. Uh, so that's usually how it works. Okay, so so generally speaking, you are relying on the hosts, uh, like being friends of music in a way, right? Like benefactors. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see. Although there's, I mean, there is a selfish component for hosts too, because it's like you get to host a party and then get connected with a bunch of really cool musicians who are going to come play, which you maybe otherwise wouldn't be able to get to happen. Mm. I, see, I see. Okay, amazing. All right. Yep. Ezra, what you said in terms of like what would make not what would make sense, but what would be a first experimentation for for your company with the DAO? It's like putting a fund out there in a DAO structure and letting the community manage manage that. That that's very interesting. You made me think that you know that that might be the case for for many other organizations that are curious about the structure of a DAO, but they might, you know, they might have a structure that it, that already works for them, and then they might just want to see how this works. It's like having this sort of like, even it, it's kind of even like a community reward to, to experiment in that way where you can, where you can compromise an amount of fund and let your community be part of an experiment, which also benefits you in the end, right? Because you can see what comes out of that and how, you can adapt to that if you want to transition uh, into a DAO structure. And to me, that's interesting to think because one of the things that, uh, that, that I've been thinking lately is like whether or not, and we also talked about this in another conversation, but whether or not traditional organizations will transition into DAO structures and, and how that transition will take place. And what is that is pretty cool. Like that's, a, that's a one, one first, kind of like safe even, one safe first step towards experimenting with that, right? Uh, in, in in the sense that, I mean, you only risk as much money you want to put into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, the, and that's the kind of situation that I, I know personally for us, it would have to be safe for us to do it because we're not exactly like, you know, <laughs> like we're not the richest company in the world. We don't have that much money to risk. Uh, we don't have wide margins on things. So we would need to be able to decide how much risk we're going to be taking. Um, I think that, I mean, who knows, like if you looked at a huge company, like what if IBM was going to turn itself into a big DAO that was run by all the thousands of employees or something, how would that work? Uh, maybe they could do it this way, but maybe it would be some totally other way. I'm not sure. I saw a Medium post on this at some point where somebody was talking about how how big companies might eventually convert themselves in this way, uh, which might have been a totally unrealistic post, but uh, but it was cool. They had some some very interesting ideas about it. Sweet. Do you remember some? Uh, I wish I remembered the the post because I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it if I try to say it by memory. <laughs> but but it involved um, it involved sort of. It's sort of like a liquidation events, but into a DAO kind of, uh, mm. you know, so like Facebook could become a DAO. It was, I don't know, it was kind of technical and, and 
way yeah. beyond my understanding of the legal structure of companies like that. But um, maybe I could find it on Medium if you gave me 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's the best I could do. Yeah, don't worry. Um, I have a question for you. Um, when, when you think of a, of a DAO structure, uh, what, what is the first like tangible example of a, of an organization that can be to tell you an example where I'm going with it like for where it's being discussed in that DAO, right? Uh, and then and then yeah, if if there are DAOs where you know if there's a diversity of DAOs in from which you can you can like know that in in some of them you can do something that is more related to what you are personally let's say resonating with then i i think the chances of DAOs being adopted are more likely like that like where as opposed to just having one or two DAOs which have a lot of money but have very specific uh, focuses and that you know will most likely uh, attract uh, only only the people with those focuses already and that for those people then the money that i mentioned might become something but I think for like, let's say a regular user, I think it's not only the money, but also how, how can I create a proposal that makes sense for that budget, but also that makes sense for me, you know? And yeah, yeah, I, th yeah. I think in the end we need, we, it, it's kind of like a paradoxical situation for me because like for many reasons, including this that I just, that I just laid out, but for many reasons, DAOs seem to, you know, it seems that they will, it seems that they will only catch up if there are many of them interoperating and experimenting with different things and, and with different themes and all that. But for that to happen, they need to catch up. You know, it's kind of like a paradoxical situation in the sense that, yeah, you, you need volume in terms of people and proposals. Uh, so you have many DAOs. Uh, and so there is adoption. Uh, but uh, yeah. At the same time, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. I even definitely see what you mean with that. I definitely see. I definitely feel what you. As an online community, right? Of of.